is good everybody welcome back to another episode of the bird flock podcast it's been a minute uh obviously summertime busy for the boy shane working at a day camp i'm obviously working but uh we are back obviously we will never miss another week again that's a that's a bird flock guarantee <laughs> last time we checked in with you guys the alouettes were two and oh uh the montreal alouettes are now two and two coming off of a um loss against winnipeg two weeks ago uh, and a loss against bc last sunday um but it does not get any easier for the alouettes this week um as they come back home they're on a short week and they are playing the defending great cup champions the toronto argonauts um getting some of the boys back that were hurt uh not all of them the roster just released here just now shane so uh, i don't know if you had a chance to take a look at it but i will uh I'll read that off when we get to it. Obviously, before we get into that, before we get into Friday's clash with the Argos, there's a lot we have to unpack, a lot we have to talk about, about the Owls' uh, last two losses. If I had to guess, this episode's going to be a little longer than usual. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, because I think the boys have a lot to say. Um, obviously, Shane, I know you have a lot to say, so I'll I'll hand the mic over to you first. Um, we can, we can break it up game by game. Obviously not much to talk about in the Winnipeg game. I don't think, but, um, go ahead, buddy, and get it off your chest. Cause I know there's uh, I know there's something there. Run the goddamn football. I know. Run the ball. I, I don't know what Moss, like why he doesn't like running backs. I don't, I don't know what it is in this offense that he just does not want to run the ball, but, but he, the- but he likes keeping three fullbacks. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you have the best running back in the league. You have the best running back room in the league, and it's just not being used. It does. I don't. I don't get it. I will never understand it. I don't understand it now. It just doesn't make sense. It's. It's going to take pressure off the O line that just keeps getting blown by because everybody knows you're passing the ball forty five times a game. So they're just bringing added pressure and blitzing and hitting Cody another an extra fifteen times a game that he doesn't need to take. Yep. And it's just unnecessary hits that are eventually going to lead, unfortunately, to either frustration from Cody or an injury that could have been avoided. Yeah. Like, and and, and I want to say this, but like, Cody's playing out of his mind. Amazing. Amazing. He's, he's the exact guy that we thought we were getting with the chip on his shoulder and doing everything he can to keep this offense to put the ball in the end zone and, and keep this team afloat. And he's not getting the help from, I'm not going to say his team. I'm going to say from his coaching staff. I agree. Cody right now, we'll jump into the stats. Um, don't get me started on the CFL stats. That's he a whole leads, story. He leads the league in completion percentage of balls thrown 20, 20 yards or further in yep. the league. Yep. So yards per attempt, he is the number one in the CFL. Yards per attempt, he is the number one in the CFL. Uh, actually tied with Chad Kelly at 10 yards per attempt. Ridiculous. Total yards, he is fourth in the CFL, but he's behind two guys that have played five games when he's played four. Um, And he he will pass Zach Caleros this week because he's like 80 yards behind Caleros. VA is running away with that title, but that's a whole other story. Um, He's only thrown two touchdowns, but... Our red zone offense has just been horrendous to begin with. And yeah, but he also ran for, what, three? He has three rushing, two rushing? Yeah, he has like three rushing yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. 
and he's thrown one pick in four games. Like, I, you can't ask for better stats from your starting quarterback four games into the season. Four games into the season on a brand new team with I'm, his two best receivers on the shelf, you cannot ask for more. I'm playing the two two of three of the best teams in the CFL. Yeah. Playing an, an absolute dynasty and then playing the BC Lions that just look unstoppable until they went to Toronto and Vernon Adams forgot what play, team he played for. Yeah, that's a whole other story. But then we look at the rushing stats. Okay. 100-yard games. Obviously, Will Stanback has none. Okay. Total carries. Brady Oliveira has 77. He leads the way. Okay, he has 77 carries. Will Stanback has half of that. Half of that. Will Stanback has 39 carries. In four games. In four games. And I think like 16 of them came in one game. And it's not like you're dressing Walter Fletcher and he's cutting no. into his, his touches. No. Which is, don't get me started on that. You think an offense that loses the most like slot heavy guy in, in, in Tyson Philpot, you would want an extra receiver coming out of the backfield to help with what you lost in Phil, Philpot. But no, 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 he's not, he's not there. He's not there. It's not even like, Oh, we're just benching him. No, no, he's, he's not even dressing. He, this guy doesn't even have a Jersey hanging in the locker room on game days. This was, this was the guy that we were the most excited when he resigned. He was, you could make an argument better than stand back in the playoffs last year. And at the end of the season, more effective. Obviously he, he went crazy in the, in the playoff game against Hamilton. And I guarantee you whatever Moss and Machocha promised him his role would be in the offense Stop. when they, when they needed him to resign is absolutely not what he's getting right now, because I bet you at least half the league was lining up to sign that, to call that guy. 100%. Before he resigned. Yep. And just looking at it now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So of the starting running backs in the CFL, um, William Stanback is ninth out of nine right now in rushing yards. And and not because he's not he, – before last game, I don't know what he is right now, but before last game, he was averaging almost five yards a carry. Yeah, he's at, uh, he's at 4.5. There you go. I'm taking that every day. Every, every day, I'm giving him the ball. And now everybody knows you're passing, so that's just going to increase when you give him the ball. And and to talk about the passing game now, we're not throwing the fucking ball down the field. We're so content with the with the with the screens and the and the little drags and the two yard fucking hitches. Dude, we always laugh saying that Kayon Julian Grant is the is the is like the screen god. But like, how many times are you gonna go back to that well? I know. It's it, it's gonna get picked. It's going to get – someone's going to jump her out, and it's gone. It's gone for six. Like, everybody knows it's coming. Everyone knows it's coming. Yep. But talking about the the pass game I'm now. Also, I'm also – I'm fully saying that Kayon needs the ball in his hands. It's not I'm, – I'm saying that. He does. But not at the same play seven times a game. Yeah. No, 100%. But, but jumping into the pass game now, Austin Mack might be a top three receiver in the yeah. CFL. Yep. And we yep. signed him like three weeks before camp. Disgusting. This guy is a fucking freak. 
He's he's so good. 23 receptions, 388 yards to lead the CFL, by the way, with one less game. Second place, Dalton Schoen, five games, 365 yards. Third leading receiver in the CFL. Take a wild guess. Kayon Julian Grant. That's crazy. With 351 yards. Kayon is 14 yards away from being the second leading receiver in the CFL. And yet, sitting here two and two because they don't run the damn ball. Like, I can't even, this doesn't, like, the Owls, Austin Mack, 97 yards a game. Kayon Julian Grant, 88 yards a game. You have two basically 100-yard-a-game receivers on your squad when you're, quote-unquote now, I, I can't even say two best receivers, are on the bench. It's wild. Dude, it's just crazy to sit here and think that these guys could be slotted at three and four when Ellingson and Phil Potter are back. So that's what, we, that's what I want to talk about now because I think we officially have a wide receiver controversy in Montreal. Like, I was, we were nervous have, about man. this position coming into the offseason. It's it's I think everybody every fan was nervous about it, but man, it's a good problem to have. Great man. problem to have. But if if we're talking five receivers, you have four spots that are pretty much locked in at this point in Ellingson, uh, Philpot, Kayon, and Austin Mack. Okay, we saw what Courtney Davis can do now. And who am I even forgetting now? Like that doesn't it, account for for Hergy. That doesn't account for Jake Hardy. That doesn't account for Sneed, who was elevated from the practice squad, too. Yeah. Like, we got to... Also, hey. a guy that has not been mentioned, then Reggie White, it will eventually come back. I don't even know how he fits in. <laughs> I don't know how any of them fit in. I think Danny Danny Mack's going to be a busy guy at the trade deadline. Teams are going to be blowing up his phone for receivers, man. And And one guy... I love him. I was so happy when he came back, but he's just not having that year is, is Hergy. I don't know if it's because he, you know, had that awkward adjustment of going to play in the States for a few months and it threw everything off and not to say he's playing terribly, um, but he just seems like a kind of forgotten guy in the offense. And it was, I, in all honesty, I was nervous that Kayon was going to become that forgotten guy in the offense. Um, but I think just his raw athleticism made him not and made him shine. Um, but I just think, especially when guys start getting healthy, Hergy's the odd man out, right? We already saw him put get put on special teams. He he was on uh, he was on punt coverage or punt return, and had three holding penalties against BC. Yeah, I think I think that's a guy that a lot of teams. I think that's the guy the teams are going to be calling about. One hundred percent proven in the CFL, a Canadian. Proven in the CFL, proven that he could be a number two, three option in offense. I think he's the guy that's calling. I don't think Reggie White's going anywhere. No. Um, I think even if Montreal were to try and trade him right now, I think there would be questions about his knee. He's going to have to prove that he's back. But um, I think Hergy's the guy that people are going to be calling about. Mm -hmm. Or depending on how well they use Ellingson when he's back, it's going to be K on that. that, That's – People's phones are blown up for. I think if we trade Kayon, um, no, I'm not saying they're tra- they're going to trade. I'm saying that, that I think he's going to be a hot commodity again. You know, raw athleticism, everything he's done for this offense already. Third leading receiver in the CFL, Canadian. Like, and I I can only assume on a pretty good contract. Yeah, Signed like for this, two guy, years. this guy is just 
you know, a guy you want on your team, a guy you want in your locker room, man. He's like, he's, he's a guy you want, and he's going to be a guy that gets a lot of calls, I think. Yeah. And speaking of problems, um, you know, we said we have a receiver problem, a good one. Uh, a bad problem, I think, right now, and officially cause for concern is the O-line. I was just, so I think it goes back to the run game, man. Just give them yeah. some hope. Yeah, because when you're when you're passing the ball 85% of the game, these D linemen are not playing the run. They're putting their feet in the ground, they're putting their head down, and they're going after the quarterback. And and they're gonna sit there and like as a DC, I'm sending everybody. Well, you see that. You see it happen on second on second and four. They'll send seven. Like you see it all the time. Dude, just just like he threw it almost 30 times against BC. Yeah. Like it, it's yeah. and that doesn't even account for all the times he was hit. Nope. Or stack. Four or five times. Dude, they ran the ball 15 times. Yeah. Eight how of how many of those were Cody? Eight of eight of them were him. Yeah. How many carries does Stanback have? One of them was K on Julian Grant. Six carries for Stanback. That's unacceptable. That's an MOP candidate from a few years ago. And you he has six, six carries. And and Antwi, not one. Six carries in a game that in the first half was close. You can make the you can make the call that in the second half they needed to pass the ball. They needed to get a lot back and, and quickly. But six carries. Six. Yep. It doesn't make sense to me. And the only thing I can think of is... In, in that, no way should your quarterback be out rushing nope. your running back. But that goes back to the O-line, right? He, he it's, I don't think a lot of those were designed to run for Cody. No. I think a lot of them was your O-line flushing them out. So if you, if you take in those eight runs, there was probably 40 called pass plays or 40-plus called pass plays in this game. Versus six carries for standback. Yeah, and one for K on. And one for K on. So seven. Seven. Yeah. Wild. But so I, 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 don't I, know. I even told you, I don't know if I said it in an episode, but I said it, I know I said it to you. Even having Walter Fletcher out there leaking out of the backfield yep. makes teams realize they can't send as many people. Yeah. Because someone's got to cover him. And if you don't cover him, he's that's a guy that's going to make you miss, man. Yeah, it's a touchdown. Like he can he's he's one of those guys that can make a, a three yard loss turn into a seventy five yard gain. Mm-hmm. You got to cover that guy. You might have to double cover that guy coming out of the backfield. It, I don't get it. But and and again to go back to the O line, I think a lot of it has to do with there's no run game. So why are why are D linemen and linebackers going to play? Why the am I scared? Yeah, right. But not for nothing these tackles are getting beat. They're getting beat. They're getting blown by. They're, they're. And this, so outside of, outside of the Winnipeg game where Pio Lestage was hurt. And uh, I think Philip Gagnon stepped in. There hasn't been one change to the O-line. No one switched sides. No one subbed in. No one stepped in anything like that. Um, And I think Marco Bruyette said it in uh, the TSN 690 post game show after the BC loss. After seeing what you've seen for the last four games and giving up, I think, 22 or 23 sacks in four games, there's got to be a change. There's You have to make 
a change because obviously something's not working. Obviously something's not working. And I, I'm not going to say this because he was on the show and anything like that. And he, like, he, he's a, but Justin Lawrence, I haven't seen him get beat. I saw him get beat maybe once. But yeah, he got, he got. I know, th- that play where he got ragdolled. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's, that's one out of, we'll say 200 snaps this year. Yeah. But the pressure, you see it every play. It's all, it's off the edges. Yeah. And it's not like interior pressure where with interior pressure, Cody can get out of the pocket and make plays. Yeah. It's also every time someone comes up, he's stepping up, which lets the D tackles get to him. Yeah. But you can't blame him for I mean, look, I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for, for the last two games because they played Matthew Betts and Willie Jefferson. Which, by the way, where the fuck did Matthew Betts come out of? I, I remember I, I, when he was at Laval, when he was oh, at Laval, he was. I showed everyone his highlight tape. I said, this guy's going to be a freak. This guy should be in the NFL. And then he went to Edmonton, and football players don't grow in Edmonton. They just go to die. So I I, I guess that's what happened. But then comes to BC, he has nine sacks in five games. Yep, 16 tackles. Nine of them are sacks. It's insane. That's insane. And Willie Jefferson, who I think just looks more dominant than he's ever looked in his life, which is – Insane, considering he has, what, two defensive player of the years? Yep. <laughs> like, he could be MOP. Like, it's ridiculous. Insanity. Like, it's crazy to sit here and say that Zach Caleros has won back-to-back MOPs and might not even be the best player on his own team. Nope. It's wild. Willie Jefferson's a freak. <laughs> An absolute freak. But uh, getting into getting into the the losses specifically, is there anything that really stood out? We've only spoken about offense. Um, look, the the defense I think still looks good. They gave up thirty something to BC, one of which was a blocked field goal. So I'm not giving that counting out on them. But there's only so much you can do when your offense isn't finishing drives, and it's not like the offense is turning the ball over. But the offense is just two and out, two and out. Driving down to the red zone, not finishing the drive. Like, settling for field goals, not finishing the drive. Yeah. Joe, Joe Zima's absolutely earning that contract right now. And and David Cote, by the way, might be the best kicker in the CFL. Yep. yep. He's a freak. Yep. But are, are you concerned about the defense at all? Um, no. Gave up 17 to the, the Bombers in the rainy conditions. I'm not concerned about that at all. Um, but the 30 in BC, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't sound any alarms for you or? Um, considering BC's uh, points look like yeah, 22 against the Elks, which whatever, uh, 30 against the Blue Bombers, the Dynasty Blue Bombers, yeah. 24 against the best team in the CFL. I'm not that concerned that they put up 35 on a team that just just came yeah. out soft. Yeah, in in my in my opinion, I think it's going to get fixed. Uh, like you said. One of them was off a, a fake, like off a field goal. So yeah, nothing we could really do on that one. I yeah. mean, um, and it's like it's not long touchdowns. I think if it's it's long touchdowns, it's it's like you're more nervous. About that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like Bernie Adams, like diming his way down the field, which he's doing to every other team, like yeah. that. Doesn't scare me. Like it's it's not it's not well it scares me, but it's not like a concern that can't be fixed. 
mm-hmm. it's like all right one blown coverage and you're stopping them on second down compared to yeah you know so not overly concerned if it happens again against toronto this week i think then it's a cause could like starting to be a concern mm-hmm. as of right now i'm not concerned seeing how they didn't even let up 35 points combined in the three games prior like yeah that's also true that's yeah. awesome. and then just on the d-line um coming into the year he was my fav- favorite player player i was most excited to see i need more out of jamal davis i need i need him Get in there though He's getting there. He's just not finishing. He just can't. He's yeah. It's just I I just he's a guy that should have seven sacks at this point of the year. He's that good. It's just he's so he's so relentless, and it just feels like no one else is matching his energy. Agreed. Agreed. The only one I'll say matches his energy isn't even a D lineman, but Bev. He's blitzing a lot, and he's in on every fucking play. He's in on every sack in some capacity. Mondo had a sack last week. Bev was in it. I think Bev had a sack himself last week. Um, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of him. The boys are getting there. It's just the finish is not there yet. And it also doesn't help when the last two games is, one, an insanely rainy game, so they're obviously going to run the ball there. Yeah. And two, BC was leading from the get-go. Yeah. They're going to run the ball there. Like – you know, the, the, that doesn't help their stats either. Which they, they should not have been leading from the get-go because the CFL officiating absolutely blew that call on Dequan. <laughs> I don't know. if I, Am I being biased, or was that the worst P.I. call you've ever seen? That was, that was It wasn't P.I. Like, it, it, it's not even like it was a toss-up of P.I. It was, in no way did he touch him. But you can't review that? They, I'm pretty sure they did, and it... it that's got overturned wild why it, it was absolutely in no way pi robbed absolutely i mean i i'm i'm i know this is not a let's podcast but i wasn't too upset to see my boy Domi d get in the end zone but, <laughs> uh, but but we both call. but we both know and i love va i think you love va too we both know the type of quarterback he is if he threw a pick six on the opening drive that fucks with his mental head. for the rest of the game. He's in his head for the rest of the fucking game. We saw it the week before. He threw six picks. Dude, he would have immediately – it was early in the game. It was the first drive. He would have immediately gone back to this is going to happen again. Yep. He in, he would have been in his head. He would have been nope. – He would have said, I just threw six. Now yep. I just threw one on the opening drive. Yep. What's happening? Yep. But no, now he got oh, – he, 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 he's like, oh, no, God's looking out for me. That that was his mentality. He's like, oh no, it wasn't meant to be today. God's looking out for me. Nope. It was a pick. It was a pick six. And then he dropped nearly 300 on the Owls and 35 points. Yeah, and didn't throw another pick. Or did he? Yeah, he threw uh no, he? I don't think so. No. Fucking he Oh he did. He did. Who got that pick? I don't remember who had that pick. Oh, and the the Quad got one. Did he end up getting it? Unless they forgot to take it off. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm not tripping. I don't remember. Quad had the fumble recovery on, uh, I think it was Deontay Ruffin, which, by the way, fucking sick play. The game was kind of over. That was amazing. But to hustle down the field like that? That just shows you that these guys are not quitting, man. I don't care what the score is. Why would they? they? Like, the the Owls, I think, are still in a really good spot. So, jumping to... They're... 
securely in second place in the East, in my opinion, for the rest of the year. Not hard. Not Securely. Ottawa Ottawa just signed 18 different quarterbacks, and I haven't heard of one of them. And none of them are McLeod. And Hamilton, uh, I don't know what the hell's going on in Hamilton, but did you hear about McLeod Bethel Thompson? How he said, I'm not going to Hamilton. Yeah, no, he said he. I'm not going to Ottawa. Yeah, you saw the Hinoch Mwamba. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Shaner, we have a game tomorrow. First game in attendance, boys. I was going to say, are you making. Buddy, I've I've been waiting all week. All week. I've been so excited all week. I'm just like, I just got to get the front. More excited for the Alouettes or the Poutsin. (laughs) (laughs) Has to be. Has to be. Um, I just wake up every morning and I'm just fired up to go, man. Puts in, baby. So the Owls take on the Toronto Argonauts tomorrow. We'll preview the game in just a second, give our thoughts, um, you know, speak into what needs to happen for the Owls to win, what can't happen if we don't want the Owls to lose. Um, but the Owls just released their roster, and I don't see many changes here. So on offense, how many Fletcher's on that list? I'll get to it. So starting at left wide, Austin Mack, left slot, uh, Tyler Sneed is back and starting once again. Uh, we'll call him the 5R. Uh, Herji and Reggie Sibasu uh, at receiver, Kayon Julian Grant uh, at the right slot, Kayon and Jake Hardy is back in the lineup. And then Courtney Davis is starting at right wide once again, which oh, I called at the beginning of the year. I said, Courtney Davis is going thought, to come in I, I, and make his way into the starting lineup. I know the receiver is going forgot. to look back. We forgot about Abrams before. Yeah. And, and, and Kishon Abrams is going to have to make his way back. But uh, no, I, I'm saying this again because I want it to be my goddamn clip. Okay. Courtney Davis, I said at the beginning of the year, is going to. When when he was announced on the practice squad, I said he's going to make his way into the starting lineup and he will never look back and he will become a bona fide starter and star in the CFL. Okay, he didn't get that many that balls catch. thrown his way against BC. But well, let me tell you, when they threw the ball his way, that was one of the greatest catches he I've ever seen. Mossed that guy. <laughs> that was one of the most disgusting head tops I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I expect a lot more out of it. I I got out of my chair. I'm not gonna lie. No, it was, it was insane. I was at dinner at my girlfriend's house, and the game's on. And I was like, I I understand you guys are talking right now. I looked to her brother. I'm like, but that was the greatest catch I've ever seen in my life. Oh fuck. Um, and then backing up Davis is is Chandler Worthy, who's our dedicated American. Uh, left tackle Nick Callender. Left guard, Pio Lestage, backed up by Patrick Davis. Center, the boy, Justin Lawrence. Right guard, Christian Matt, backed up by Jesse Gibbon. And right tackle, Landon Rice. No changes. Quarterback, Cody Fajardo, backed up by Caleb Evans, backed up by Davis Alexander. Uh, We only have two fullbacks this week. James Tuck and Delaire. And at running back, no Walter Fletcher. William Stanback, backed up by Jeshron Antwi. Yeah. No changes on the D-line. Jamal Davis, uh, backed up by uh, Jabari Ellis. We got, uh, I was about to say Panay Sewell. 
It's fucking Mondo wow. Sewell. That would be wild. <laughs> Mondo, Mondo Sewell. Um, Mustafa Johnson, who's having an unreal year. He's, he's just a dog. Of he's a dog. Uh, backed up by Israel Antwin. And then at right end, Nick Usher, backed up by Luol Ugwak, who came in the game, had a blocked punt. I'm fired up. He's getting a lot more defensive reps, too. I Deserves can't it. wait to see what this dude develops into. I'm fired up for that. He's gonna be a star in Montreal. Oh, dude, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a freak. Uh, at will, we have Bev backed up by Terrell Richards, middle linebacker. Avery Williams is back. Shangyo and Gagne, and then at Sam, we have the boy, the dog, the dog. Murray backed up by J.R. Reed, and then. Safety, Dequad backed up by Lindley. Uh, corners are Ento and Deontay Ruffin. And then our slots, Wesley Sutton and the return of two-pick Siante Evans in the season opener. Siante Evans is back playing slot. Um, so that is the team. No changes on special teams. That also hurt Montreal last week. Not having Siante was huge. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. So that, that goes back to me not being worried. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not worried. Um, so that's the lineup for the Owls game against Toronto. Anything that jumps off the page to you other than um other than no fletch. Uh I'm gonna keep my comments to myself. I'll let you take this one. No, I'm I'm happy the receivers haven't changed much. I'm fired up. Q is in the starting lineup. Again, fired up, well deserved. Um, but other than that, I would have liked to see some switch ups with guards and tackles on the O line. Um, but we don't have a backup tackle, is what I'm noticing too. I think I think Jesse Gibbon can play a, tackle. I, th- I think he's uh, he's he's one of those that could play yeah. every. Yeah, but I would have liked to see something switch up there because it's it's just not working. Um, but we'll give the boys another week. Maybe it's a matter of chemistry still. Um, and they just got to get used to playing with each other. But um, other than that, let's preview this game a little, Shane. Obviously, Toronto is coming into Montreal. Humming. Humming. Probably the hottest team in the CFL. I don't think you can make an argument otherwise. Um, AJ Willette. Leading the league in rushing touchdowns. He's a freak. He's a yeah. freak. I still don't believe that that guy's not from Quebec. That was the most shocking revelation. I thought life. he was like a Hicktown, Laval boy, Willet. And then, no, he's just, I think he's like from the South. Um, But no, they're coming in. One of the hottest teams in the league, probably the hottest team in the league, Chad Kelly, um, playing really well, right? AJ Willette's first in, first in touchdowns. Chad Kelly, second in rushing touchdowns. That's wild. Cody Fajardo's title, Chad Kelly, though. That's wild. Yeah. But talking about the matchup, I think the Owls match up really well with Toronto. Look, something about them, no matter how bad one is and how good the other one is, these games are always so close. Yeah. It's the rivalry that they built, man. Always so close. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I don't know what the weather is going to be looking like tomorrow. I think it's cleared up. There you go. Fair enough. Let's look. Let's see. Yeah. Supposed to be nice tomorrow. So hopefully that that helps the boys. Hopefully back in the crib on a nice Friday night. 
What um, more can you ask for? Not much. Not much more you can ask for. Uh, listen, I don't know how how busy the stadium is going to be looking because uh, there's a there's a big name out here in Montreal tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> imagine uh, Drake pulled up to the game. Oh, bet fire me up. He's he's the halftime show. You didn't know that. Quebec Wilders. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think the boy the boys after two. You know, bad weeks. I think they got to come out firing. I say it every week, but no better place to play than a Monday night downtown, uh, Friday night downtown in Montreal. So, boys, boys are coming in. I think they're gonna be humming. I just think the matchup is good. Like I think the Owls can stop their run game. Like I think if you keep the interior D line fresh with like a nice three man rotation with Antoine, Mustafa Johnson, and, and Mondo, and you keep them fresh. I think we can match up really well. And then you have Avery Williams back. There was one of the best run stuffers in the CFL. I think it makes for a really, I think it makes for a really interesting matchup that I think the Owls can actually like come out ahead. And and offensively, you have to establish the run game, like come out and run the ball six times in a row. If you punt three times in a row, I won't be mad. Just come out and say, we're not going to shy away from this this week. This is going to sound super crazy to say. I'm not comparing Schultz and Chad Kelly, but I'm going to go ahead and compare Schultz and I Chad think that's Kelly. Fair. I think it's they fair. are both running style quarterbacks. The same thing you did to stop Matt Schultz to keep him in the pocket and make him throw is the exact same thing you have to do with Chad Kelly. Mind yeah. you, Chad Kelly can also beat you with his arm, but make him force him yeah. to beat you with his arm. Yeah. We saw it week one. It, it all those picks. Siante Evans is two picks. Uh, I think Najee had a pick too. It was because the quarterback was flustered out of the pocket, and you forced him to beat him with your arm, right? I think if you force Chad Kelly to beat you with his arm every time, there's going to be those two plays a game where it's a jump ball that Siante or Najee or Dequois or or West can come down with. I have no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. And if you take away the run game, like I think we can, and I think we will with Avery, with Mondo, with all them, and you force them to actually get into these second and long sets where they need to pass the ball, and then you you get pressure on them with Nick Usher, with Lalu Guac, with um, JD. I, I I think the out they just have to play it right. I think like you said it perfectly. They have to play it exactly like they played Hamilton, and I think it'll like obviously take into consideration that Toronto's a little bit better than Hamilton. Um, but you play it that same style, just at an elevated level. And I think, I think the Owls have a good shot. This might sound crazy because of they need to, they can't get beat through the air, but I want to see Wes Sutton in that backfield more often. Like blitz. That's that's what he did last year. And that's why he was a CFL all-star. I haven't seen it much this year. I need to see Wes Sutton in that backfield. Good in coverage too. I need to see Wes Sutton in that backfield. And it's not like you're getting screwed if you don't blitz a linebacker because two of your – both your outside linebackers are natural DBs. Yeah. Like Bev and Najee. Give me Wes Sutton in the backfield. Man. You know what first play? Let him crack Chad Kelly, man. I love it. I love it. And, you know, you take the 15-yard penalty. He hits him a little late. You set the goddamn tone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't advocate for penalties. But uh, Shannon, we're quickly running out of time here. But flew by. But um, your number one key on offense and defense for the Owls to win. 
Offense, run the damn ball. Fair enough. Defense, like I said, keep Chad Kelly in the pocket. For me, offense. I'm going to go with kind of the complete opposite of you, but uh, throw the ball downfield more. We saw it on the first play of the season where Cody hit Austin Mack deep down the middle. Throw the ball deeper. And and I'm totally okay. Get K on his five touches where he'll get 17 yards a catch. I don't care. Get get him those touches. But throw the ball down the field. You you have a guy in Q now that can go up and get it. Austin Mack has proved he's a jump ball guy. He's an in-space guy. He's a separation guy. Get he's the ball downfield to him. He's everything. Julian Grant Kaon is a burner. Throw the ball downfield to him. Get the ball downfield. I think it'll pay crazy dividends. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball. Also, I just want to say running the goddamn ball opens up play action for you to throw the ball downfield. Anyways, continue. Go, go. Yeah, defensive side of the ball. Um, stop their run game early. Sell out to stop the run early. Um, I think if you take that away, you take away. And it's it's going to be hard. AJ Willette. Um, Andrew Harris. Andrew Harris. It's, not, it's not an easy task. Um, but sell out to get rid of the run early uh, and force Chad Kelly to beat you with his arm, I think is a super key to victory. And then special teams, um, you know, field goals were good. Punt Joseph Zima is, you could say, the best punter in the CFL too. Um, but the, the teams have to be better though. Punt coverage has to be better. No more penalties. Maybe take – Not even be better, just like less sloppy plays. Like yeah. mistakes, like un, un- – forced errors because like i i don't know if it's like the the holding and whatnot that led to this but um chandler worthy broke like 23 20 yard punt returns that all got called back so there's just no worthy in the in the league no there's none no returner i'd rather have in the league right now than, than that guy none anyways we are fired up for the game tomorrow um be there can't wait. We will be there. Section J1, row 13, seats one, two, three. Come out, see the boys. Drop a like on this video. Share it with your friends. Share it on Instagram. Share it on Facebook, wherever you kids hang out. Instagram threads. That's new. Um, but uh, we will see you next time. Go Owls, go, baby. <laughs>